0: is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation.
1: Hello, I'm Phil McKinney, and welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where we're all about helping you go from idea to launching your killer breakthrough innovation. This week, we've got, I brought in a special guest, Kim McNichols. Kim and I have known each other in fact, we were sitting here before we came on air talking about how long ago it's been since we uh, connected. Kim at that time was a reporter with Forbes.
2: Forbes magazine. Forbes, yes.
1: Forbes magazine at the time, and uh, I was CTO at HP, which then, as you could have guess, becomes a target for every reporter out there wanting to talk <laughs> to, to see if I would leak or reveal any new product technologies. But uh, Kim was one of those reporters that was just absolutely, you know, a joy to work with from the standpoint of. Meeting with and uh, sharing information and that and then over the years, you know, Kim has gone off to do other things. We'll talk about that here in a bit. I've gone off to do other things and uh, and now uh, we've stayed uh, good friends. Kim has a radio show now in San Francisco. I've got this radio show, so we've got that in common. But the real question is, is well, first of all, let me give people a little bit of background, right? So Kim was at Forbes, working on Forbes video. You've gone, we went on to Panda. Right, You're and right I had Panda? a
2: series at, at Forbes magazine, and it was called Personal Best, and it was how executives live extraordinary and rewarding <laughs> lives outside the boardroom. <laughs> and that's how I came across Phil, because Phil has a very special, um, <laughs> you know, award achievement. That you had,
1: yeah. So Kim, Kim, Kim <laughs> you wanted have to. Tell to everyone. Okay, I got to tell the story now. <laughs> so Kim wanted to do an executive profile of me at HP, and I, and I just don't like those things. I think they're a little fake and made up. But Kim, Kim took a, a unique twist on it, which was not about your work, but about what you're passionate outside of work. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just somebody said, okay, are you serious? She goes, yeah, yeah, I'm serious. I said, okay, show up at this address <laughs> on Wednesday night. And Kim's Where like, am I
2: going? Where am I going? Just show
1: up. <laughs> and what it was was I had Kim and the, and the film crew from – from Forbes video come down and actually do the interview and and tape
2: and he wasn't in a business suit was he was bus- in a boy scout uniform yeah
1: i had kim and the team come do the interview at <laughs> in a boy scout troop my boy scout troop meeting where i was uh, assistant scoutmaster so i'm an eagle scout and uh, it's and my favorite
2: it... story is how you got out of a ticket because you were an Eagle Scout <laughs> and you strategically placed your Eagle Scout card right behind your driver's license so it just happened to pop out a little bit so the officer could see it.
1: Yep, and it turned out <laughs> the police officer was also an Eagle Scout and I was able to dodge the ticket. And it actually works quite well so I have what's called a and actually, after that video <laughs> shot, I had more Eagle Scouts contact me about what this card was because it's a gold card. Actually, I took a picture and posted it on, because people didn't believe this card existed. Um, but it's a gold card that has your, you know, recognizes you as an Eagle Scout. It's plastic, like a credit card, and I always keep it behind my my driver's license. And uh, yeah, it's helped me more than a few times getting out of tickets. You
2: know, Very smart. It's
1: almost yeah, it's, it's a little, little little Eagle Scout strategy. I would never tell my my troop kids that (laughs) uh it's never okay to speed kids you know no uh but that's how so kim and i met kim did this video shoot you can actually go out and find it you just look for hp space eagle scout and it comes up Mm -hmm. because that's the title of it was hp's Eagle Scout, and it was uh, that that was the profile for me at, at Forbes. So you can find it there.
2: And one of my other favorite, it, we went well beyond there, and we went to the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. And this was one of my favorite stories. I think the first year we followed you around, and I think the next year we came back, you said, "Well, it's not me. I have a secret spy that's going to go around to all of the different areas and see what technology you're they just, have, because they all just, know you." You're just giving
1: away <laughs> all my secret. I don't know.
2: Hallie, gee, I'm not going to be invited back. Having you but, on the
1: show is dangerous.
2: <laughs> but here, here's the thing. I think this is such a good lesson and <laughs> what I love about you. And I use you um, as every single time I talk to entrepreneurs because so many entrepreneurs sit inside their little rooms, their garages, their boardrooms, and they're just in front of their computer. And that's not where they're going to get the best ideas to innovate. They need to be where the customers are. And what I love about you is that I don't. You spend most of your time where your customers are, and even today at Cable Labs, you're where your customers are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's one of the things I'm I'm very passionate about. All my years at HP, most weekends you would have found me standing in a Best Buy store watching customers right. buy product. I got accused of being a stalker more than a few times, or customers thinking <laughs> people do. You look like yeah, uh, but. Back to the CES show, yeah, everybody used to always wonder because I used to do this series, and in fact, I'm thinking about doing one again this year for CES, where prior to the show, I kind of make my predictions of what are going to be the upcoming hot technologies. Um, And everybody used to, and then at CES, I would go around, and this is when I used to write the objective column at Forbes, you know, talking about kind of things, you know, things that I thought were interesting, People always go, how do you get her on the show? You're, you know, I was there. I was doing TV <laughs> interviews. I was doing press interviews, and then I revealed to Kim. I let Kim know my little deep dark secret, mm-hmm. whereby my son, who's now 27, works for the Walt Disney Company in LA. He was in, when he was in college, or even when he was in high school. I would always bring him to the Consumer Electronics Show, and he would basically scour the entire show floor while I'm off doing press interviews and doing all my obligations for HP, and then we started with Forbes doing where Forbes would follow me around on the show floor to right. four or five companies. In the first year, Forbes had no clue how did I pick these companies <laughs> out, and then it was the second year whereby Slightly. all of a sudden we, they figured out the secret formula here, which was my son Logan, uh, and then you wanted to stop and do, a, and it, you wanted to get opinions on a mobile phone handset manufacturer, right. and I at that time, we had just acquired Palm, and I'm like, uh, I can't do that. You know, mm-hmm. that would be I know, My palm reported to me, me. Then for me to go stand in a competitor's handset and criticize. I said, however, take my son. <laughs> so Forbes actually films my son yep. giving the entire critique. And actually, he gave it a pretty good He did good a great critique. job. And he did a great job. But you know something? He has never watched that video.
2: What? Why? He is
1: so nervous about seeing him. All of his friends have seen it, it's gone around Disney. He has never sat down. And watch that video of him wow. at the Consumer Electronics Show. So my guess is I know I know a few of his friends listen to this program. So now I'm going to guess he's going to get like major harassed mm-hmm. at work. The fact that he hasn't it's watched it. I this. hope he
2: watches it because I think he has a future in it just like his dad in media.
1: <laughs> so why Colorado? Why are you here in Colorado? Because you don't live here. You're no. from Silicon Valley, but you're here in Colorado.
2: Because I've been running what's called the Extreme Tech Challenge. It's a global startup competition, and it's a partnership between MyTie Global, which is the brainchild of Bill Tai. He partnered with a woman by the name of Susie Mai, which created MyTie, and she was a professional, world, world-renowned world kiteboarder. He loved kiteboarding. He became a pro kiteboarder along with being a venture capitalist. And along with trying to kiteboard around the world, he started a couple startup competitions through Global, so that they could do a little work and a little play at the same time. And one time, they were over on Necker Island, which is Richard Branson's private island, the Virgin Brands, and Richard said, hey, wow, this is great. How can I get involved? How can we do maybe the finals of one of your startup competitions here on Necker Island? Then I wouldn't have to go anywhere. You bring the innovation to me. And it took a couple of years, but then Bill tied you know, from Charles River Venture Partners now uh, moved on to more angel investing. He's taken five companies public as well. But he ended up uh, doing some sort of keynote for the board of the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. And he said, well, wait a minute, you guys are looking to continue to make CES relevant today, what if we did a global startup competition called the Extreme Tech Challenge, where the semifinals are held at CES. We have the top 10 percent live on stage at CES, and the top three from there go on to present to Richard Branson and another set of judges on his private Necker Island. Last year was the inaugural year, and we had a couple thousand, um, you know, applications, but, of course, when Richard Branson puts it out that he's involved in a competition, you get a lot of ideas. So I would say <laughs> I out of imagine. the nearly 2,000 <laughs> uh, applications, I think that there were probably about 800 really high-quality ones. And this year we had more than 1,000 applications, 1,071 applications. And I swear we had about 1,071 really strong, high-quality applicants this year. I was really, really impressed. And I was even more impressed to see the high number of startups coming out of Colorado. And so of all the places in the world that I literally had to check out, I decided to fly to Colorado. to. Ju- I had to see for myself what was happening here because Forbes had come out in February. They wrote an article about the 10 most innovative tech hubs in the United States, and it was a list that was created by NerdWallet, which is a personal finance site, and they looked at a number of patents per 1,000 residents and um, capital received per capita, and they found... That number one, of course, on the list is the most innovative tech hubs was San Jose. Number two was Boulder, Colorado.
1: Welcome to my new hometown.
2: So we can probably explain more.
1: Yeah, we we come back, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. But, you know, you're, now you're finding another one of my secrets here as to why I ended up in Boulder, Colorado.
2: Anywhere so. Phil is, you want to go. <laughs> you want to be.
1: So when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to continue our discussions really around this a tech, the extreme tech challenge and also some of the companies that made it into the shortlist. So stay right where you're at. This is Phil McKinney. You're listening to Killer Innovations on the BizTalk Radio Network.
0: BizTalk Radio. is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation.
1: Welcome back to Killer Innovations. I'm your host, Phil McKinney. We're going to pick up here in the second segment, continuing with Kim McNichols. Kim is leading the effort around the Extreme Tech Challenge, specifically around selecting those companies that ultimately get an opportunity to meet with Richard Branson from the Virgin brand and actually make their pitch mm-hmm. on Necker Island, which I've always had the dream of going to Necker Island. I've watched – you know, I've, Tim Ferriss, you know, talks about it all the time. Yeah. And then I've seen your promotions and I've seen, uh, 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 you know, the, all, the, all the chatter about it. But let's get back to where we left off in the last segment, talking about Boulder. And you're surprised about how many of the companies came from Boulder, so – Tell right. me a little bit more.
2: And in a in an article I read from the Forbes from Forbes magazine where NerdWallet which is a personal finance site did a um, a study that showed that Boulder has the highest density of startups in any city on their list of the top 10 most innovative tech hubs in the United States. I mean number 1 was uh, San Jose, number 2 Boulder, Colorado. 1 startup is started every 72 hours right here in Boulder, which I think is fairly phenomenal. And when I came recently to come visit um, Boulder, I met some really great companies. And so I thought, you know, hey, you guys need to enter this competition. I'm really excited. I didn't have anything to do with the judging at that point. And what was interesting is that the judges out of more than 1,000 applicants, um, those four startups ended up in the top 25 semifinalists. And... (laughs) There was another one that I didn't get to meet with. So we had five in the top 25, all from Boulder and Denver, Colorado. Five out of 25 companies from around the you know from around the world. Well,
1: and actually it was quite funny because when you were here in September, which happened to be my birthday, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you and I were having <laughs> dinner. Timing. Yeah, it was great timing. <laughs> um, and you and I were chatting, and you were telling me who you were meeting with in Boulder. And then I'm going, well, did you meet with so-and-so? No. Yeah. Did you meet with so-and-so? No. I'm like, Kim – You've only scratched the surface here. You and I was already of...
2: impressed with the ones that I had met with because I went over to Techstars. And Techstars is one of the most amazing oh, yeah. accelerators in the world, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing.
1: Well, now with you know, we, with Boomtown, I'm, I'm advising Boomtown. at Boomtown. We have Unreasonable Institute, mm-hmm. which is focused on social entrepreneurship, those that have social impact. Uh, but again, the startup community, you've got Silicon Flatirons tied with the CU Law School. I just spoke there last week. It It is... You know, it's a phenomenal environment and it has a different feel than Silicon Valley when you come to when you come to Colorado.
2: The one thing that I was really impressed with in coming here, I thought it was really special. Coming here, I emailed every single person, every venture capitalist I emailed, every expert, every innovator, every entrepreneur that I emailed and said, Hey, I want to set up a meeting. Every single one of them, no matter how busy they are, how big they are, they all responded and took a meeting with me. And I came here and I was thinking, this is the coolest thing. They all think I'm some, you know, big person coming in from Silicon Valley to meet with them. No, it's a thing here. You have to meet with everybody. And I love that. I love that, that, that openness that this community still has. It's what Silicon Valley used to be.
1: Exactly. Because I, I my first round in the valley was 1983 to 1988, my, right. first, my first cycle. And that's what the environment was back then. And I came back uh, 2006 when I came back to the Silicon Valley the second time. It had changed. And even now when I go back, and I spend a week, a month in Silicon Valley, it's completely different. Boulder here has this kind of – it's kind of an unwritten culture here in Colorado. Right where it's a give first mm-hmm. kind of someone at, you know, bef- you know bef- say if anybody asks you for help, an introduction, whatever advice, you're there. Now, it drives my executive assistant crazy because probably a third of my calendar is meeting with companies that have no relation to cable as my, my current role. But odds are though, a lot of those companies later on, after I've told them my story, they've shared their story, I've helped them out. I now have all these eyes and ears feeding me companies right. that do have an impact. So your network in Colorado grows so fast relative to any place else because all you have to do is just start meeting and everybody's giving back to everybody else. It, your, your network just explodes here so quickly. And as long as
2: you do have that give-first mentality, you're okay. Yeah. And what's interesting about Silicon Valley is that I feel like it's become more of a taker's society. I mean, anytime I have a big event, I'll get a bunch of emails last minute. Oh, can you get me in? Well, I haven't heard from you in two years. And oh, by the way, that email I sent you a year ago asking you for something, you never responded. Right. Exactly. And that just seems to be over and over again. Yeah. But to to Silicon Valley's credit, I, it's a, I mean, it's been around for a long time, and there are a lot more people there.
1: Well, I think also, I think Silicon Valley is suffering from a little bit of what I would call an intensity crisis. Yeah. It has just become so intense. So many startups You know, it's a lot of money chasing fewer and fewer deals, but there's still a lot of startups happening. But you also got things like cost of living crunch, you know, so it's getting more and more expensive for startups to even have a chance for success Mm -hmm. in Silicon Valley. Um, So everybody does, you just feel like you got to run so much faster there.
2: Well, it's, I think even more impressive, I keep saying things are more and more impressive here. I just, I am blown away by the culture here. I'm blown away by the talent. In terms of the extreme tech challenge, it's different than any other competition out there because we're not just looking for a great idea. You have to have proven product market fit and you have to be poised and ready to scale. There had better be traction. And not only that, you may have traction, but you had better have an outstanding team, a proven team. And every single one of the startups that that I met with here had an amazing team, proven product market fit, ready to scale. And I think that a lot of it is that culture of giving first. They get a lot of help and I think a lot of mentorship, especially with Techstars being here. And also the Foundry Group.
1: Yeah, you got Foundry Group, you got Techstars. And Phil McKinney. <laughs> and you know, you got Toby at Boomtown who we did an interview with with Boomtown and two of their startups. And then we did Unreasonable Institute and two of their startups. And I'm gonna be doing more of them. But also this show is not just about Colorado, but I think it's interesting you coming from Silicon Valley when you when you and I got together in September and you were like so amazed and so excited about Colorado. I'm like, "Oh shoot, my secret's going to get out here again." Right?
2: <laughs> I have such a big mouth. As you've <laughs> you've noticed over the course of this show so far.
1: <laughs> but, you know, and I think there's a, you know, you know we've had guests on the past from Israel talking about the Israeli startups. So on a per capita basis, Israel is the largest in the world as far as startups per on a per capita basis, oh, wow. and they're number two in total patents behind the United States. That's amazing, and that's not even per capita; that's just total patents. So you got these hot spots, and the hard part is, as an innovator, is keeping your pulse on all of them to mm-hmm. see what where the next opportunity is going to come from. What are those new startups that are going to break new ground and do Totally new, and interesting, and transformative things. Who's going to be the next Uber? Who's going to be the next Airbnb? Who's going to be the next you know, Apple? Who's going
0: to
2: be
1: the next Amazon? Who's going to be that
2: next disruptor from below?
1: Right. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to jump in. Specifically, I want to talk about, one, the criteria for the Extreme Tech Challenge, because mm-hmm. that's what you're doing is filtering out all these really exciting ones. And then, in a, then we're going to talk a little bit about some of the more interesting ones on the short list, ones that I at least find interesting. And yeah. then you can share what you think are interesting, and we can have that conversation. So stay right there where you're at. We're going to uh, pick up with uh, with Kim McNichols. When we come back from this commercial break, if you want to stay connected with Killer Innovations, text the word INNOVATE to 33444 or visit KillerInnovations.com INNOVATE. You can subscribe to the newsletters. We'll keep you updated on all the guests and all the activities we have going on here. I'm Phil McKinney. You're listening to Killer Innovations on the BizTalk Radio Network.
0: BizTalk Radio. Is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game changing Killer Innovation.
1: So, welcome back to Killer Innovations. I'm your host, Phil McKinney. We're going to pick up right where we were left off with Kim McNichols. So, Kim, we were talking before, one, about your excitement about Colorado, but also about this whole filtering process where you're literally looking at a thousand plus ideas. Right. And ultimately, you got to boil it down to how many get to go to the island.
2: Well, ten get to go to CES, and then the top three from there go on. To top Necker three island.
1: from CES get to go to hang out with
2: Richard Sir, Ri- Sir Richard
1: and uh, <laughs> his buddies.
2: And it's it's a long process. I personally go through all 1,000 companies. I've been covering startups since 1998, and so from the you know the boom to the bust to you know, the boom and, you know, on and on. So I have a lot of experience in startups. I've seen pretty much everything at this point globally. But what I really tried to do, especially for the top 25, first and foremost, is make sure that every single major trend is represented, whether it's healthcare, wearables, IOT, robotics is a major one, also cannabis is absolutely huge. I mean <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, cannabis definitely ties into the Colorado hook here.
2: Right. Well, the US economy doesn't spawn an entirely new industry very often and legal pot may well be the best ground floor opportunity I think any innovator has at this point. It's huge. I mean, how often can an entrepreneur start from the from the ground level of something?
1: Well, I had that benefit in in the in the, in the early 80s in the PC industry, <laughs> See, right? A while ago, okay, right? Okay, yeah. But uh uh, you know living in Colorado I'm probably not the best one to to judge the cannabis thing. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I'm just quite honestly I just I think I think it's caused it's got other issues because of it still being illegal on a federal basis. Right,
2: but how can you argue with Mass Roots, which is based right here oh, in De- I got Denver. It. Isaac Dietrich 500,000 users worldwide. And what I love about what really caught my eyes not only their traction
1: so but who is this again?
2: Isaac Dietrich. This is MassRoots.com, the world's largest social network for cannabis. People can go on so there and do find pod buddies. Do you, why do
1: you, but why do you need a social network for cannabis? Why not just do
2: because a – Because you do, do, it, do need a, do a place a, to connect. Do Facebook,
1: we'll do a Facebook page. <laughs>
2: Hello? Well, I think that 500,000 users on one Facebook okay, page, I think I, that I, that's all. And plus, they're able to make money with advertising and such, and they get to keep everything, and yeah. they're actually profitable. They were profitable almost from day one, and what I love is that they, I can't talk about it, but they do have technology that is going to be, um, you know, building off of that. There are so many other opportunities that they can go, as Facebook has proved, to go above and beyond right. that is, as well. And what I love is that about this team in particular is that at one point when they were on uh, on in the i st- in the iTunes store, i uh, App Store, right? <laughs> in the App Store, Facebook noticed their traction and said, "Hey, we don't want anything to do with this." And they noticed a bunch of other cannabis apps, and so they nixed all cannabis apps. And so they were able to rally up the troops and get people to get uh, Apple to. To change back, its mind
1: to back off on its policy which
2: i think is huge and, and so that's why i really like this team and yeah. i think that they're going to succeed
1: well and i don't don't interpret mine as any judgment on the whole it's just not for me it's just not, it's not a technology that i'm or in or an industry segment that i get all interested in but are they and they're are they based here in denver they're based in denver so what are the other companies so you talked about that you were surprised by how many of those companies were based in Colorado. So that's one. What one are of my favorites
2: ones? is Sphero. It's an app-controlled spherical robot, and um, their products are currently distributed in 70-plus countries. Um, they have my PD. son-in-law
1: loves that one, um, though, by the way. I, right? Oh, yeah. He loves but it. But so
2: did Disney. And so here's this company that ended up in the inaugural class for Techstars Disney, and on pretty much day three of being in Los Angeles— at Disney Tech Stars, they meet with the president of Disney and the president of Disney says, hey, do you realize that your spherical robot looks an awful lot like our new droid in our upcoming Star Wars film? Do you think you can make a few adjustments? And they did. And it became the toy robot that became the droid. And they had what, like a hundred million dollars in sales pretty much overnight. It just blew up for them. And they are still a startup because they could be gone you know, overnight as well.
1: Yes. Well, but I'm. But I think it also starts to lay the foundation work for just the whole <laughs> robotic segment as a whole, which I am a big yeah. believer in. I think. I think uh, you know, robots are are clearly. So that's two. What's the other ones in Colorado?
2: Kick further, and this is a really fascinating company, and I didn't pick it out at first. Bill Ty did. I didn't quite understand th- the importance of this until he explained it to to me. But it's a fascinating company that is the crowdfunding for inventory on the kick further platform, growing businesses create offers in order to crowdfund their inventory purchase order for their existing market and for potential customers.
1: crowdsourcing your inventory, right?
2: And they've already that is
1: brilliant. Isn't that brilliant? They've already paid
2: back 280,000 to their, their backers with an average return of 3.2%. Who would not go on there and do that? That's even better than that's going a, on well, Kickstarter. Well, that's a no-brainer,
1: particularly with smarter companies. Just trying to deal with supply chain issues It's just crazy.
2: So would you put them in your top 10?
1: Uh, probably. Probably. I think I th- that... That's one that people in – the, in the one, my one thing on innovation is everybody thinks about the product or thinks about the customer. Yeah. Nobody thinks about innovating what happens behind the scenes. Right. And this sounds like a really great innovation on the thing that actually makes you do what it is you do. And nobody ever focuses on innovating. That's It's a big, open area that nobody thinks about.
2: No, and there are quite a few companies in here that you – they may not have the most traction in the world, but you're like, why did someone not think of this in the first place? Which – is awesome. For example, Hobby DB, which is right here in uh, Boulder, Colorado, as well. It's a great example of how the internet can unlock value to communities of interest and make something sticky. What Wikipedia did for information, this company is doing for collectibles. Or they're pretty much creating a marketplace for buyers and sellers of collectibles. And
1: well, hold on, that's what eBay started off as, right? eBay started off; they were, you know, Pez dispensers. It was, it was, <laughs> it was selling. Uh, it could be creating a market for Pez dispensers. Look where it did, right? Mm-hmm. But this is it. so so collectibles database.
2: All just collectibles, and buying and selling is happening on there. And they have three thousand users, and they're growing every day. They just launched the marketplace this summer, at, you know, as an experiment. And they brought in um, a, hot, a Hot Wheels dealer, and they <laughs> increased sales by forty-two
1: percent. Well, I am big in the Hot Wheels. I, that, that's another <laughs> little. Deep, dark secret for me. So what's the other one?
2: And the other one is Revlar. It's a personal safety device. And it's oh, a strong, yeah. kick-ass team from right here. Yep. Female team. This is
1: the uh, little sensor on the clothes thing, right? Right. And yeah. there are
2: a lot of companies that are doing this. I saw a lot of companies in that entered the Extreme Tech Challenge. Most of them were jewelry-based. But if you know women, women don't wear the same jewelry every day. And plus, if someone who's a potential attacker gets one of, this is the type of jewelry it is, then they're going to automatically, you know, target that jewelry and rip it off with this. You can hide it in your bra strap. You can put it on your keychain. You can have it on your bag. You can put it on your belt and you just click it once and it summons help. It sends a note to all of your, um, your family, your friends on your location.
1: Yeah, this is, this is one that I also have a little bit of a personal passion. There's a company that I'm advising that came out of, uh, uh, unreasonable. I think it was unreasonable Institute. Um, started by two women out of Egypt. Okay. And after the Arab Spring, the rise of attacks against women in Egypt just skyrocketed. Yeah. And so they wrote a little mobile app so that when you had to walk from, let's say you were going to the store or you're coming home from work, you could hit a button and it would notify your entire network that you started walking, and your phone then would update them periodically. And if it didn't get the, if it didn't do the update, then everybody in your network knew that there was a problem.
2: But the problem is the first thing that the attackers are going to do—they're going to get the phone rid of their and phone. they rip. They, so this so, is something that they can hide.
1: And so therefore, you lose the GPS piece, which exactly. was an important piece.
2: And that's, and there was another company I can't remember the name, but they've gone above and beyond, but they didn't have the traction that Revelar did. And the team didn't seem as strong. These girls are really, really fireballs. Yeah. I I was very impressed with the strength of this team. What they um they did in 13 weeks at TechStars it takes companies at least a year to do what they well done.
1: TechStars is pretty impressive. They they mm-hmm. raise the bar and the if you get it if you one if you get in that's great. Two, what TechStars the expectation Tech Techstars, TechStars puts on you yep. forces you to have to really drive to a level of success, which is Helping, I think, helps the entrepreneur achieve something that they just never thought they could achieve.
2: And what I like is that they really encourage they, – they really focus on the teams be, because every single company pivots. And what I like about this team is that as soon as I mentioned to them there was another company that had an OnStar style of device they said we're open if that's what everybody thinks is going to do we will pivot we will adapt that yeah. into our technology
1: yeah and that's a good point we actually had mark verchioni on with he he's one of the co-founders of stemlate which is a Think of it as LinkedIn for students who are in the STEM program. But he also has another company that does a, a mobile on star on his phone. So this, this place, everybody sees the need. It's really going to be what's going to be that ultimate uh, solution piece. So, hey, Kim, normally in the fourth segment, I go to the killer question. I'm going to bag that. I want you to stay right where you're at. Okay. We're going to continue the conversations with Kim McNichols when we come back from the commercial break. So don't go anywhere. You want to stay right there and listen in on what we're going to talk about in the fourth segment as we continue on. Extreme Tech Challenge. I'm Phil McKinney. You're listening to Killer Innovations on the BizTalk Radio Network.
0: BizTalk Radio. This is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation.
1: Welcome back to Killer Innovations. I'm your host, Phil McKinney. We're continuing our discussions with Kim McNichols as regards to the Extreme Tech Challenge and the companies that ultimately will get reduced down to a total of three and get to meet with. Sir Branson mm-hmm. at his private island. So last segment we talked about the Colorado companies. So we've now let's take a look at what do you think is you, what's your favorite company that you've seen so
2: far? I shouldn't be list? choosing favorites, but I think that one that caught my attention and it also caught Bill Ty's attention. And since it's probably, I think you guys can handle it, I'm going to describe it very bluntly. It's a pea-powered interactive media advertising platform with urine-controlled games for men.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, okay. So all... remember, we are on live.
1: We are on live radio, so you, we do have to follow FCC rules here.
2: <laughs> there aren't any four-letter words. Um, there's three. Um, <laughs> so basically, this is a, a brilliant company because in the Extreme Tech Challenge, with more than a thousand applicants, I would say at least 5% of them were advertising platforms. Everybody is trying to create, figure out how to reach people through advertising and particularly the millennials. And this company, Captive Media, has has managed to capture the toughest group to capture, millennial men. And the key is to not trying and and get them where you want them to be, get them where they are and where where can you get their full undivided attention? in the bathroom at a bar and they have scientific proof that shows that men on average are standing there for 60 seconds so they have screens above each urinal that has advertisers that create games for example let's say m&ms has a you know a first person shooter game and they have sensors inside the urinal and you can you know attack the m&ms i mean how brilliant (laughs) Is that so they have 10,000 places in the UK? It's a London-based company. Of course. That are using it. I mean, this is absolutely it's be a UK brilliant. Company. <laughs> this is well.
1: It, it, look, How can look, they not
2: make? Well, the top and you 10? don't. And
1: you don't have kids. I've got grandkids, but I can also tell you, with a boy, the way you teach boys to pee in the toilet is you throw. Cheerios in the bottom of the toilet, <laughs> and you play sink them.
2: I had exa- no yeah. idea. Yeah,
1: that's how you train boys to pee in toilets. So, so you...
2: it's bringing back, right, them so back basically, the potty training days. So basically, it, you know Something what it, you know what it
1: is is the fathers are teaching their son to pee in the urinal. The fathers are going, I wish I could do that. <laughs> you know, now you now you've got a product that they can. That is that it. Okay,
2: hands down. Hands down. They're going okay. to knacker, right? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I
1: think I think they're definitely in contenders for the. Uh, the top three. So let me show you what I, you know, having looked through your list that she sent me about all the different companies, and I have no insight as to your selections, et cetera. But the one that I love, and I've actually seen it live. I saw it at Maker's Fair this year, and that is Megabots. Yes. I mean, I don't know, I don't, I don't know the background of the company or the team, but just having seen it, you know, it's boston
2: dynamics mit grade background of engineers
1: right as soon as you got boston dynamics if you don't know who boston dynamics is they basically are building these what look like four-legged robots that the military is using you see the videos on youtube where the guys walk up and kick the side of it like trying to knock it over and it looks like it stumbles but keeps right going the military is using it for hauling heavy gear i guess Mm -hmm. over really rough terrains And then you got MIT involved in it. Well, it sounds like a good team.
2: They want to create an entire entertainment company. They want to create an entire sports category with dueling robots. And they've already challenged Japan, which I guess Japan has uh, the most technologically advanced, or they seem to think they have the most technologically advanced or largest robot that they have challenged to a duel. And that was all over the media. And they're going to be doing that on live television in 2016. I guess they're negotiating for an entire show that's going to follow this.
1: Well, here's a little deep, dark secret. One of the reasons why I'm so big on this. I don't know if you remember the movie called Real Steel. Yes. Came out with DreamWorks live action. Mm-hmm. So all of the handheld devices, the prototypes that were used in the movie, including all the controllers for the robots, was developed by my team. My oh, Innova- you kidding. My innovation team at HP. In fact, Mark Solomon, who's now head of industrial design at Pebble, yeah. Pebble Watch, Mark worked for me. Mark gets a, Mark's name is in the film credit for the development so it was the my industrial design team and my team at hp labs that uh, developed all the prototype for dreamworks for dreamworks live action that was used in uh, real steel so and it is to say you it get makes a, sense oh you yeah vote. you get a bunch of you get a bunch of uh, engineers inventors and you give them you tell them to you know, go play with robots mm-hmm. like you know <laughs> what's, what's bad about that
2: We'll have to get you over there. It's in a warehouse in West Oakland. They actually have the robot, and they'll let you sit in the pilot seat.
1: Yeah, I've seen the video. I've gone on where they showed the lift, the lit, you know, lift. Oh, it's not the same until you go there.
2: You have to go there. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm guessing you have. So quickly, maybe pick one more. What What would be another company? you Okay, think?
2: this is just one of those that there were quite a few of these that I just can't believe that no one thought of this before. It's Hooch, and it's a subscription-based <laughs> cocktail service allowing users to get free drinks daily. For a month, and they're they've launched this for the first time in New York, nine ninety nine a month, and you get free drinks every single so night for it. a month. So
1: hold it. It's Netflix for drinks.
2: Yes, and they get to keep the entire nine ninety nine because the bars want to be they want the lead. So th- so
1: th- so they don't they don't even pay the bar for the yeah. drinks. They're just using it as the lost leader to get you in. Because yep. my guess is then you get somebody else coming. Well, there's coming. Such a
2: huge margin. It's what seventy cents. Per drink that they're charging you $14 for.
1: Yeah. Well, then it's also the fact that no one ever drinks alone. Exactly. Right? So you're going to bring somebody else with you. But then you're going to get more people paying the nine ninety nine. So Netflix for drinks. Okay. I don't know, I'm not so sure on that
2: one. <laughs> but,
1: hey, we, as we wrap up here, what's the best way if people want to see, keep up to date on what's going on at Extreme Tech Challenge? How can they find Just you?
2: Just go to extremetechchallenge.com, and you can also ping me through the site and – I'm really great at answering emails. Would love everybody's thought. Uh, We're also doing live interviews with all of them at edcast.com forward slash 10 minute insights. Check the schedule. We're going to be interviewing them and I want your vote.
1: Great. Excellent. So with that, I'm also going to put that on the show notes. So check out color for the show notes for this show. We'll have all the links so you can check up on Kim and the extreme tech challenge. And I can attest that Kim is great at follow up and, uh, and loves your input, so let's all give her our thoughts on on the companies. Kim, thank you very much for coming. I really appreciate you stopping by here in Colorado.
2: Thank you. I'm hoping to move here.
1: And uh, with that, we're going to wrap up today's show. I want to thank Brandon for engineering the show and really uh, thank him for keeping me on track. I'm Phil McKinney, and you're listening to Killer Innovations on the BizTalk Radio Network. And remember, don't let the innovators, the anti-innovators, get you down. Keep on, keep on doing it. Get your ideas out there. Bye-bye.
0: The opinions you hear on BizTalk Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of this station, BizTalk Radio, its management, or advertisers. The information on BizTalk Radio does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or service. If you have any questions about BizTalk Radio, contact us at 817-274-1609 or at biztalkradio.com. BizTalk Radio.